Welcome to HR and Cocktails, brought to you by Prescott HR, home of unintimidated HR, the show for business owners and executives to learn more about all aspects of human resources with your host, Kimberly Prescott. Thank you for joining us today on this episode of HR and Cocktails. We are still doing the quarantine version of HR and Cocktails, so we are speaking by phone to our guest, Kashana Holland. Kashana is the president and CEO of Simply Kashana. Today's episode is going to be a conversation about the experience of black women in corporate America and as business owners. And I felt that this topic would be timely um, because of all of the civil unrest that's happening um, in the United States at this time and because there are a lot of organizations, both large and small, that have committed to creating a culture in which they are addressing some of the um, racial inequities that are taking place. And so I felt that it was important that we would talk about our experience in corporate and our experience as business owners in the same community um, and just to really help people understand what it means to support um, small businesses, what it means to support woman-owned businesses, and what it means to support black-owned businesses. So I am excited to welcome Kashana. Kashana, tell us a little bit about you and your business and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It is an honor to actually be here in the same space with you as usual. So thank you so very much for having me. As you stated earlier, I am the president and CEO of Simply Kashana. Now, Simply Kashana was birthed out of this uh, desire, if you will, to help women to live their lives out loud. It was uh, definitely something that I wanted to do to uh, really coach women and be able to speak into women to help them to live bold, fearlessly, and courageously. Now, out of that, I also begin to realize that a lot of women, uh, especially women of color, were having some challenges in the corporate arena. Uh, they were having some challenges building their business. And so I built the brand Leading Forward. Uh, and so that has definitely been uh, a wonderful opportunity to provide uh, training and development to both public as well as private organizations. And I'm uh, training leaders as well as employees and helping them to really build their culture and understand how to engage more. And so that's what, that's what I really do, I shift cultures. And um, it has been, like I said, an honor and a privilege to be able to do that because at the, the core of everything I do, it's building people, it's making people better. So that's, that's pretty much what, what leading forward as well as Simply Kashana is. Yeah, and I definitely appreciate that. And I think that culture is really what it's about when it comes to your experience in corporate America. And both of us worked in corporate America, worked in corporate America, started our careers there, and ultimately decided to create our own businesses so that we could do the work that we love to do the way that we wanted to do it, right? And to help businesses to be able to do the same. So, when we talk about culture, I mean, you know, I, I worked in a culture where I didn't feel included. As a black woman, I didn't feel included. I was often um, the only black person in the room, sometimes not the only woman, but sometimes the only woman. And I didn't feel that people honestly wanted to hear what I had to say. I heard sometimes from people, well, 
you know, it would be good if you just, if someone said something, if you didn't always challenge it. And I felt that if I was at the table, then my opinion was something that I was expected to give. If I had a perspective or if I had a question or if I wanted to know, well, how did we get here? Or is this the only way that we could do this? That that was what I was expected to do. Because to be honest with you, I saw my male counterparts doing that. Um, yeah. And so, right. So I was I I I didn't understand that that wasn't what I was supposed to do. What was your experience like? I, I pretty much the same, and I think we were both um, victims, if you will, of diversity but not inclusivity. And yeah. I think that companies they thrive on um, having diversity and inclusion on their website, but it never goes beyond that. Um, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's make sure that people around the table look differently, make sure their cultures are different, their race is different, their, uh, some of their experiences are different. That's great. However, if you would just sit in that seat and just, just be there, be there for picture purpose, purposes, <laughs> you know, then, um, then we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. But as soon as you ask or you challenge an organization or corporation about inclusivity, then that's where the challenges come in. That's where it starts to get a, a little tentious, if you will, because no one really wants to talk about inclusivity and allowing uh, people to have a voice that don't mm -hmm. necessarily look like they want them to look. And so even when you were talking about, you know, how, um, how you were uh, really silenced in a nice, nasty way, uh, <laughs> that, that's yeah. pretty much what happens. It's, it's like, you just, I just want you to sit there and look like you enjoy being here. Meanwhile, your voice, uh, we really don't want that. We just want the look. And so that's, the, that's really the challenge that most organizations are going through, even right now. And when we're talking about the civil unrest, um, that is honestly, a um, when, we, when we look at the protests that are going on, that's what it is. It's voices that are unheard. His voice, their voice yeah. is unheard. And, and so when we are looking around our tables and we are seeing the quote unquote diversity, but we aren't experiencing the inclusivity, then silently people are protesting. People are protesting mm -hmm. in your organization when they show up late to work. People are protesting mm -hmm. when they go to lunch for two hours. People are protesting when they call in at the last minute. People are protesting in all kinds of ways. And unfortunately, we don't have enough cultural or social awareness to understand that. We would rather dismiss it and act like it's not there. Well, unfortunately, we've come to a time that that's not going to do anymore. And we have to really open our eyes and see not just what's happening, but make a conscious decision and an intentional decision to do something about it. Yeah, you know, I really do love the examples of what protest looks like in an organization because I can absolutely identify with that. Um, but just for the purpose of our listeners, you know, we, I think that people for the most part understand what diversity is. Now, I, I will say that there are different definitions of diversity, so I, I get that. Yeah, but, you know, the, the understanding of what inclusion is, because now, now we've added another term to it used to be BNI, now it's DEI. So we'll get to the E a little bit later. But talk about what talk about what um, inclusion is, because that is different than diversity. And that's the first step. The first step. What is inclusion and what does that look like 
in an organization when it is done properly. Yes. So when we talk about diversity and inclusion, oh, let me just stick with diversity. Um, well, I, I'll, I'll join them together. I'll marry them. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, I love this quote that says, diversity is inviting me to the table. Inclusivity is allowing me to eat. You know, mm -hmm. and um, that is one of the things that I absolutely think is picture clear about what inclusivity looks like. Now, when we talk about diversity, again, we're talking about not just different colors, but different experiences, different uh, cultures, different uh, backgrounds. We're bringing all of those things to the table. Yes, but inclusivity is when you actually allow my voice to not just be heard, but you actually value it. You value my voice. What I'm saying, and you gave the experience uh, or your experience a little bit earlier when you said people started to think that you're, you don't have to say it like that, or maybe you're a little too smart. That's what they didn't want to say, you know? And, and what inclusivity does is it says, you know what? I respect your opinion of this and I am open and I am willing to open my perception or, or the way I perceive this situation to actually receive what you have to say. That's what inclusivity is. It's coming to the table with not just an open mind, but an open heart. And I think that too many times people are coming to work and of course leaving their hearts at home because they don't feel like they, they belong in the workplace. But when I'm inclusive, I have actually included myself I've included you into my world and I've allowed you and I've, and you've allowed me into yours. And so now we have, there's a mutual respect that happens and, and you cannot buy that <laughs> anywhere. Mm -hmm. you, when you say, I respect what you're saying, even though it's different from mine, even though your perspective may be different from mine, I value I still value it and I want to hear it. And then I want to, I want to change the way I'm thinking. I want to change the way I may approach something that says so very much. So that's when we're, when we're talking about inclusivity, those are the things that we're actually bringing to the table. We're saying I, and, and honestly, Kimberly, this is where a lot of conflict comes in. That conflict, it comes in. It's not that we shouldn't discuss certain topics in the workplace. It's that we don't know how to discuss these topics. So when we yeah. talk about inclusivity, really, that's, that's, that has a lot to do with it as well. We have this, all, this conflict management piece, you know, and, and we're trying to juggle that or conflict resolution. A lot of people want to resolve things, but everything can't be resolved. It needs to be managed. And, and when we talk about yeah. inclusivity, really, that's what we have to bring to the table as well. Because every, when you're inclusive, it brings different ideas. It brings different understandings to the table. And again, it just says, I respect and I value it. We may not do that today. We may not do it next year, but that doesn't mean that I don't hear you. And, you know, I really appreciate that because I think, I think that the D has been there for a long time. So you and I are, you know, entered the workforce around the same time and we were a part of the the D movement, right? I think the I movement came a little bit after us and the E movement is just starting. Yes. But part of the D movement was, to your point, be there. And I felt when I was in corporate America that I couldn't bring my whole self to work. I never felt like I could bring my whole self to work. And that would have been what the I would have done for me, right? So the inclusivity would have allowed me to bring my whole self to work but I didn't feel like I could. And so the corporate environment that I was in, 
in order to get to the next level, in order to get that next promotion, you had to be willing to mingle with people outside of work. That wasn't something that I was interested in because that wasn't a space that I felt comfortable in um, because I didn't golf. I didn't, um, at that time, I didn't drink cocktails, but I will tell you that has changed. So if you want to call me for a cocktail, people that I used to work with, I will drink one. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I still don't golf. Um, but you know, I do. There were, I and I'm from Augusta. So the fact that I don't oh golf is goodness. just a shame. Give yes, it's just a shame and blasphemy to the city of Augusta. <laughs> That's I know. right. <laughs> but I didn't feel like I could bring my whole self. I didn't feel that it should have been necessary for me to do the things that other people were interested in in order to get to the next step. And I remember a time where we had this all-day meeting, I, and my baby was young. My baby was young. My baby was maybe one. It was a beautiful day. We had had this all-day meeting at this hotel. And so at the end of the day, they said, well, the VP is going to go downstairs, and we're going to have drinks at the bar. Let's all go downstairs. And I said, I want to take my baby to the park and watch the airplanes fly over. That was what I wanted to do that day with my baby. And I did that. It was a Friday afternoon. I came to work Monday morning, and my boss told me, you missed an opportunity. You should have come to the bar. That's how you get to know the VP, and that's how you get to the next level. And I felt like I had to do something that I didn't want to do. That wasn't a priority for me, and I didn't feel like I could bring my whole self to work as a mother um, because I wanted to spend that day with my child. And I didn't feel like I needed to spend the afternoon or the evening at the bar with the VP having a conversation about something that, quite honestly, I probably didn't even know anything about mm -hmm. or wasn't interested in mm -hmm. um, in order to get to the next level. So I think that for me, that kind of made me feel a little bit jaded about mm -hmm. the experience, that it didn't matter what I brought to the table as it related to my abilities and my skills to do the job, but that I had to be willing to assimilate into what the culture of that organization wanted me to do. Um, and that was very challenging for me because I didn't feel that that was what I wanted to do. You, you, you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the culture, because sometimes uh, for some companies, culture is about comfort for the people who are higher up. And okay. so um, it's hard to adjust that, especially if you're a woman, especially if you're a black woman. You know, the way we built this didn't necessarily include you. And sometimes those are the hard truths that people really don't like to hear. But if we're going to really receive breakthrough in these areas and really uh, talk, when we talk about, you know, racial inequity and all of those things, if we're going to really turn the tide in these issues, then we have got to do something different. And, and we got to be able to shift the culture, you know, and, and like you said, you know, if, if you did something different than what they were doing, then shame on you. Right. You didn't come into my world. You didn't do what I wanted you to do. Therefore, you are not equipped to go to the next level. Can I tell you that companies are still operating like that? Some companies are still operating like that. 
So what are we going to do about it? You know, and again, we have that that double whammy. You know, you and I talk about that of not just being a woman, but being a black woman. So the culture is totally different, you know, and, and if we don't get into relationships, into business relationships that will allow us to uh, to express our full self, as you said, then they're missing out. They are missing out. So, you know, for those of you who are listening, uh, you know, whether you are the CEO, CFO, you're in that C-suite, or if you are a business uh, owner, I want you to know that you are missing out by not being inclusive. Yes, be diverse. We celebrate that. But now we really want you to look at inclusivity differently when you leave here today. Yes, absolutely. And inclusivity also means um, making sure that when individuals um, are in the workplace and they may have less experience navigating the the politics of work, that they have an advocate in the rooms that they're not in. And that's also something that I didn't feel that I had when I was in corporate America. I didn't feel that I had an advocate in the room that I wasn't in. And you know, I remember explaining to my manager one day, I said, you know, I feel that this organization doesn't just have glass ceilings, but it has glass doors and walls. I can see what you're doing, but I, you can't hear me when I'm saying what I need to say, right? <laughs> and so that was a very frustrating place to be um, because I didn't feel that I had someone to say, okay, I see where you were trying to go with that. Let's talk about how we can do that differently. That wasn't the feedback that I was getting. The feedback that I was getting was no one wants to approach you. You're aggressive. People feel that they always have to bring their A game when they're around you. Um, That was the feedback that I was getting. And I even got a piece of feedback from my manager's manager one time, which I I will never forget. Um, He said, even if your manager got hit by a bus today, I would never promote you into her position. Wow. And so when I asked the question, why, he said, because you are intimidating. I didn't know what to do with that. So what I would say to executives when you're thinking about, um, you know, having an advocate in the room, when you're thinking about giving feedback to people, make sure that that feedback is actionable. Not that I would never promote you even if your manager got hit by a bus. I can't do anything with that, right? You're intimidating. You know, but to say when you're in certain situations, you may want to approach it like this. Mm -hmm. That is feedback that I can receive and that I can use. And so I think it's important to do that because I do know that I had white counterparts that had advocates. Yes. They had advocates. They yes. had people in the room who were saying, you should pick this person for this next opportunity. And yes. I had white counterparts that were saying, that whose managers took them to those meetings and let them see how those meetings were conducted. So when they went to the meeting themselves, they knew what to expect. And I don't know that people always understand how important that is. Mm-hmm. We're not born knowing how to navigate those types of conversations. We have to get that feedback and we have to be allowed to be in that opportunity, but more important, we have to be allowed to make mistakes. We have to be allowed to skin our knees, 
just like when you learn how to ride a bike and you get up and you do it again because your parents don't they don't scold you for skinning your knees when you fall off the bike it's hey it's okay let me put a bandaid on it let's go and when you're at work and you're growing and you're young in your career that's what you need and I feel like that was something that was missing for me. Um, what feedback would you give and what advice would you give to executives and business owners about developing um, their next line of managers, particularly um, advocating for the people of color and making sure that, um, you know, the, the, their um, black employees and their black women employees have those opportunities and those actionable things that they can do to help them get to the next level? You know, the, the word um, ally has been the, the, the buzzword, if you will. And I love what you said in terms of um, having that voice for someone when they're not in the room. And I've had a lot of my colleagues who have, um, a lot of my white colleagues who have said, what can I do? You know, what, what can I do? And I said, well, everyone is different, but let me tell you one thing that I, I'm pretty sure is global. Speak when we're not there. Share when we're not there. When we're at the table, when we're not at the table, question it. Say, you know, well, we don't, we don't have anyone who doesn't look like us here. What can we do about that? And so even in your shift, as you're listening uh, to this podcast, I want you to understand that you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional in order to shift your culture. It doesn't just happen. It won't just fall out of a tree. You know, you won't just find it on the ground like a penny. It doesn't happen like that. You have got to be intentional, you know. And, and so uh, if we're not intentional, then we are missing a major opportunity. You know, I love the fact that you were saying that, uh, you know, people were talking about how you are intimidating and things like that. That's someone to me who is not socially aware or culturally aware, but, um, but also who is not open to other personalities. You know, to be able to understand someone else's personality and know that it's different, uh, you have to be able to understand yours and be, again, open for that particular personality. I'm saying open a lot here because I, you, you do. You have to be open in order for these kind of conversations to even happen. And in order to also say there is a hidden uh, language, there is a hidden jargon, if you will, that's, um, that's stated or that's said or this discussed when I'm not in the room. And, and you said it very plainly, teach me, allow me to experience this journey with you. Pull me to the side, tell me when I'm wrong. Pull me to the side and say, hey, I think that you can go further if you do A, B, and C. But don't just talk about me and say, you know, behind my back and say, well, you know, they would be great if they weren't so. You know, no, 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 no. We have to have a different approach to that. We have to make sure that we're able to uh, really build trust in our organizations so that people can come to you and not feel judged. People can come to you and feel like, I can talk to you, I can share with you, and you're going to be, uh, you're going to tell me the truth. And that's what, that's what we want. We want those opportunities. But when you talk about really broadening the scope of our organizations in, that, um, in, in diversity and in inclusion and really being specific about uh, African-American women, then we have got to make sure we are, we are intentional in our hiring process. And I would even challenge you to, to check your core values. Mm -hmm. Is, you know, take them off of your website and really ask yourself, are we carrying out what we say we are? 
are we really executing these things? Not just for those people who it works for, but for all people. You know, I, I love yeah. our pledge, you know, with, with liberty and justice for all. Not a few, not some, not those who I like, not those who I love, but it's for all. And when you have that understanding in your business, when you have that un understanding in your organization, then things will begin to change. Yes. And I think it is about being comfortable. And I would challenge people because, because I will say that in this same corporate environment, they studied Covey. They studied, you know, a variety of, of authors. And I would say, well, you know, where does growth actually happen? It doesn't happen in the comfort zone. It doesn't. And so you have to be uncomfortable in order to grow. And that's okay. And so I think that the fact that organizations are comfortable having this conversation now is great. But what are you actually going to do with this information? And I will also say this, and I am very adamant about this. I don't want someone to just say, I don't want any organization to just say, well, we'll just hire more women, we'll hire more black women, we'll hire more black people. I don't want you to do that as an exercise. What I want you to do is to make sure that you have the best people at your table, and I want to make sure, just like Tashana said about inclusivity, is that you are valuing what they bring to the table, despite the fact that it may be uncomfortable for you, and despite the fact that that person may be stronger in certain areas than you are. Because I think it's a little bit of in inclusivity or the hesitancy to be inclusive is a little bit of you don't want to highlight something that you might not be great at. And I think that if we think about it more holistically is that if you win, I win. If, if I win, we all win, right? And really looking at it as the whole versus the, well, I don't want this person to outshine me. Well, that's not what it's about. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's that ego trip that people sometimes end up on uh, the whole I got to be better. You know, if you are always winning, that means that someone else is always losing. So you have right. to really be able to make a decision that, you know, if you are going to lead, uh, lead people, you got to be able to like them. I love the fact that I get to uh, do some executive coaching and, you know, people who are ready to advance in their careers. And some of them say, you know, Kashana, I just don't like people. And I say, well, you just need to find another career, honey. Because <laughs> Because that's not going to work. You know, we got to love the people. And, and so when we really understand our need uh, to be able to touch, to be able to connect to people, then again, we'll begin to see changes. We'll begin to see our culture shift. But until we do that, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. So we, we, we got to do something yeah. different. So let's talk about, so we've talked about diversity, we've talked about inclusion, but recently they've added another letter to this equation, which is the E, which stands for equity. And I mean, the reality is, is that you've got to be able to embrace the diversity, you've got to be able to embrace the um, inclusion in order to get to the point where you're ready to embrace the equity. So it's really so D-I-E, but no one right. wanted to say die. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they say DEI, exactly. <laughs> but really, in order of which you have to accomplish the things, you're correct, it is DIE. <laughs> um, 
So um, can you talk to our audience a little bit about what the equity piece looks like in an organization? You know, I, one of the things that um, I, I was in a, in a workshop or a seminar and uh, someone really described it just as plain as day is this when this light bulb kind of came in, in my head um, when she said, I'm not asking you for your privilege. What I'm asking you is to share. That's it. I'm just asking you to share your privilege. I'm not trying to take it from you. And I think really that's what equity is. It's understanding that there are some people that have advantages that others don't. But what are you willing to do to ensure that they have some of the advantage or gain some of the, um, the privilege, if you will, that, that you have? And that's, that's hard because, and it should be die, because you really have to die <laughs> to your own desires, to your own wants, so that someone else can have. And in a culture that is so self-gratifying and we want everything and everything, so narcissists, we want everything to be about us and we love us. And, you know, that's, that can be difficult. But when we talk about equity, what we're talking about is making sure that whatever I have, you have the opportunity or you have access to it so that you can have the same opportunity. We want the access. That's what we want. That part. Access. And I think that's the part that people um, get confused. I don't want anything to be given to me. If I don't earn it, if I don't work for it, if I'm not qualified, I don't want it and I don't deserve it. I just want access. What I'll also say is that the word privilege has a bit of a negative connotation. and it, But it's the word. It's the word, okay? I'm not going to say it's not. Gotcha. but. It has a negative connotation, and I think if you look at it from the perspective of, like you said, as opportunity, right, you have an an access, so opportunity and access, that's really what privilege is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what you want to be able to do from an equity perspective is to make that playing field level for everyone so that if you can achieve it, it's yours. If you miss the mark, it's not yours. And if that playing field is equalized, then it's very clear because the cream rises to the top. Mm -hmm. But when some people have more opportunity and more access despite their abilities, despite what they bring to the table and their qualifications, that's when you don't have equity. And so I think that some people, unfortunately, conflate the issues they're they're, they're two different things being qualified for something just giving somebody something is not the same as equity and i really want the listeners to understand that i don't believe that anyone and well i can't speak for everyone i can speak for me and my experiences i just wanted the opportunity to compete fairly for things and i didn't feel like i had that opportunity in corporate america Mm -hmm. um which is why I decided to create my own business. Um, Kashana, you spoke earlier about why you decided to create your own business. And while we do have some control over our experience as business owners, we still have similar struggles just in a different way, right? As small business owners, as women business owners, as black women business owners, there are still doors that we don't know exist. (laughs) <laughs> so we don't get to walk through them. Um, so from 
a business owner perspective, from that perspective, kind of talk about how these things factor into that. Who? Um, well, which piece, which, which piece do we want to focus on? Because when you are a business owner, you have, there are so many things that you have to, um, you have to juggle and, and you even talked about some of those doors that, you know, we don't have access to some of those opportunities that we don't even know about. So what do we do in that situation? You know, we, we create opportunities for the most part, but we would love to not necessarily be in a different silo. We would love to actually work together and partner and see what we can do to, to, uh, to change the world, you know? So yes, there are um, those things that are not available to us, but I, I also wanna, wanna make sure that I, I balance this out by saying there are so many things that are available to us and be able to maximize those opportunities as well. There is nothing like having someone to again, come alongside you and say, hey, guess what? You, you don't know about this, but I wanna make sure that you get into this. I, come to this meeting with me, come to this networking event with me. Hey, uh, join this leadership class, you know, and, and, and really get access to some of these things that we wouldn't normally know about. Those things, those opportunities, they are so important as a business owner. But this is what I will say. Get out of your own way. Get out of your own way and begin to really uh, do things to, to get out of your comfort zone and to maximize, again, the opportunities that you have before you. Dig deeper dig deeper and don't be afraid to go out in the water. <laughs> don't be afraid. Even if you got to go with a floaty on, it's fine. You know, just get out in the water. So we want those opportunities. We want that access, but we got to make, sometimes we also are uh, afraid to ask. And actually to use your word, we're intimidated to mm -hmm. ask. So we have to get beyond, get beyond us, get beyond yourself and, and maximize. And to be fair to that point, there, A, there are definitely a lot of um, people that I have experienced in my journey as an entrepreneur that have shown me those doors that I didn't know were there. So in all fairness, I can honestly say that I have gotten several opportunities as a result of that. And there are a lot of great individuals who are white colleagues that have said, hey, let me, you need to be here. This is where you need to be. This is what you need to do. So that exists, right? Um, but the second piece is, is that there's also a piece, and I can speak for me specifically, that it's difficult to know how people will, will receive vulnerability. You don't know if they're going to receive it as weakness, as being inadequate, as not being prepared. You don't know if someone's going to receive you saying, hey, I don't know how to do this. Or, oh, if I get this project, what do I do? Who do I partner with? You're not sure how you do that. And I don't believe that we have as many people that we can go to and lean on and know that we can trust that those conversations will not be used against us. And that's a double-edged sword. It's like, yes, asking for help, you, you, you have to ask in order to get it. But then the other side of it is, but if I do, will that automatically disqualify me? Well, that's where your confidence level has to kick in. 
that's when you really have to understand who you are and what you have to offer. And, and sometimes really that is what we're dealing with more than, you know, the other person. We're dealing with our insecurities and our inabilities to, you know, meet the, the standard, you know, whatever people are, whatever measuring stick they have, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. No, step back and say, hold on, I am a subject matter expert in this. You get to have me. <laughs> you get to partner with me. You get to. There are some things that uh, we have to discover about ourselves and embrace about ourselves, so that we can uh, allow other people to experience the fullness of who we are. And so it, it's very, um, it's very important to to know that about you, to know what you have to offer, to really. Um, honor and respect yourself as a subject matter expert so that when you present yourself, you present yourself as a gift, not as gift wrapping. Yes, I, I definitely um, appreciate that. And I definitely hear that. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know that people always understand the impact of the things that they say. Um, you know, I've been out of corporate America now for six years, and I'm still healing from the scars. I'm not going to lie. I'm still healing from the scars. There, I, it, I will be very honest and very vulnerable in this moment and say I had to go to therapy yeah. to deal yeah. with the things that I was told because I started to internalize them. I started to question me and who I was as a result of people who – said things that I know they didn't even, they weren't even thinking about. They would look back and probably not even remember that they said those things, but I can hear them just as clearly as if they said them today, because that's how much it impacted me. And I think um, that those scars are things that um, I know that me and other people like me have to work through and be um, objective as we go into situations and not feel that people are intending to do those things to us again. But the flip side of it is to think about the things that you're saying to people and the impact that it will have on them. And if the intention is not to build them up and the intention is not to help them get to the next level, does it need to be said? Um, Because it really impacts people. And now, you know, six years later, I can say I am the gift and I'm not the gift wrapping. But to be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I could have been the bubble wrap. I wasn't even the paper on the outside. I, I didn't know what I was. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't know goodness. what I was. Yes. Right. And Words. I think that those things, I don't know that sometimes people who have the privilege to be able to say those things, understand the impact of it. You really have to think about what you say to people. I totally really agree. Do. Yeah, words are very impactful. They can either bring life or they can bring death. Words mm-hmm. are so 
very important, not just words that we say to other people, but also words that we say to ourselves. I appreciate your vulnerability in terms of, you know, getting that help that you needed to, to really start healing the hurt and the pain uh, of someone sowing that seed in you. And what happens is when we are not conscious or aware of what we're saying, then we can be sowing seeds in people, whether they're seeds of hope or seeds of discord and not even realize it we got to yeah. watch what we say we have to yeah. be aware of what we say and not just what you say but how you say it how are you articulating your thoughts how are you articulating your feelings and you know even when I'm teaching an interpersonal communication skills class what I'm saying is respect the pause sometimes you just need to stop for a second before you respond and make sure that you gather yourself <laughs> Do a countdown if you must before you say what you're going to say, because what you don't want to do is find yourself in a situation where your emotions are on 10 and you're throwing darts at people from your tongue, throwing darts at people and you're just, I mean, you're killing them. You're killing them. And those things, as you stated, those scars are there with us forever. But if we really pause and understand the power of our words, we can, we can make or break someone with our words. Uh, then I believe that we can, we can again, uh, make a difference and, and really begin to bring some value to people's lives. Um, those things are, are um, sometimes taken for granted. You know, they're dismissed. Oh, yeah. I, I just said this. They shouldn't be so soft. Right. And that's the other thing. Um, I do think that there is, I read an article recently about, um, how um, black women particularly are described as being strong and that that actually has not benefited black women because people do believe that we should just be able to take whatever is given to us. We think that we should just be able to deal with it and let it roll off of our shoulders because we are so strong. But the reality is, is that what I can say for myself specifically is that I have mastered the art of the straight face. But on the inside, I am constantly thinking, well, what could I have done? What did I do? How did I do? How could I do this differently? What am I going to do? And I am, I am so hard on myself. And I felt that I've always had to be hard on myself because I knew that I was being judged at a certain standard. So yes. I always had to judge myself at a higher standard so that I could constantly make sure that I was hitting the mark. Yes. Whatever that mark was, because sometimes it was a moving mark, um, but I always had to do that. And so even though on the outside, I look like I have it all together and that I'm, you know, no problems, nothing bothers me on the inside. That's not true. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And, and especially in the in the corporate arena, when when you are constantly being told no and no one just says no. Kimberly, no one ever just says that. They say, oh, we don't have space or, oh, we forgot to invite you or, oh, we changed the time or, oh, you know, there's always an O. And, and because of those O's, there were so many times that I had to go to the restroom and, and cry because I was frustrated about the O's. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. You know, and, and 
I, I kept, you know, asking when, when is it going to be my time to actually speak and be valued? When is it going to be my time to actually be heard? When is it going to be my time? And so, um, you know, when people are, are talking about the strength of a black woman, you have to understand that most women now speak for myself. I've been through a lot and I have had no choice but to exemplify strength. Now, there were times that I needed to be weak, but there were times that I had to be resilient. And so what happens is that resilience comes from your personal life into the workplace and we don't really turn it off. We just know how to keep going and keep pressing through it. And regardless of what you say, regardless of, you know, oh, I forgot my O's, we fight through that and we're resilient, you know, uh, through that. And we, we were tired, you know, and so therefore we begin to build our own platforms and we begin to build our own businesses and we begin to, you know, be so that we can show up in our full self. You know, um, because we don't want to necessarily uh, um, you know, intimidate or we don't necessarily want to um, throw darts at people. Who, you know, we, we have all kinds of things going on in our head. Why? Because a seed was planted that we weren't yeah. enough. And so now and we want to be able to wear our natural hair as well and not be called unprofessional. And listen and rock. Yes. Yeah. OK, except <laughs> me for all I am. But I, I mean, that, again, that's an added value. That's an added value. Yeah. People don't really see that. So, yeah, I, I just think that, that, again, it's a wonderful place to really uh, embrace who you are, understand who, who you are, be confident about who you are and um, and show up. Just show up, show up in excellence. And, and if people are, are intimidated by that, then, oh, sorry. I know. I know. It's, it's exactly. So That's what I said. Oh, it God, is. so sad. You don't get to and, and, <laughs> and I've gotten to that point now, but there was a time where I wasn't. So, you know, we've said to our audience that we want them to um, be an advocate, be a voice in the room that we're not in to think about the culture and what that means, as well as think about the words that they say and the impact that they have, and really outline the difference between diversity and inclusivity and equity. Is there anything else as we, you know, in this episode that you'd like for our audience to take away um, from this conversation? I think we touched a little bit on perception. And um, the reality is how we perceive people is how we treat them. Be careful about your perceptions because they can be, um, they can be a, a little muddied. So before you make those judgments, make sure you just take time to get to know the person and really share uh, uh, with them life or, or just ask them how they're doing or go have coffee really get to know someone i'm not saying you have to be in their personal business and you know get, get deep down and dirty i'm not saying that but what i am saying is let's be able to just touch um touch hearts a little bit and share so that we can work together and we can grow together and we can develop a team instead of um instead of being an i get to know them I think that's perfect. And I think that's a perfect way to sum up our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. But I have one more question for you. Uh -uh. And I will not say that it's more important in our conversation. But when you are done with having these conversations at the end of the day with your, with your clients and doing your 
amazing presentations and you go home to relax, what is in your glass? Well, today, today, I have a wonderful orange with a splash of fruit punch and some fresh fruits. Okay, it's frozen, but whatever, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> in my glass, and it is amazing. It's so refreshing, especially for the summer months. So, uh, and it's it's in a nice little wine glass, so it's you know it's all nice and and decorative. So that's a little sweet. I love sweet. That's me, uh, but I love fruit as well. So I just combine it all together. All right, so a fruit punch with frozen fruit. Is that what we're gonna call it? No, we'll call it no, an orange fresh fruit. Uh, an orange punch with fruit. That's what it yes. is. Orange punch. That's with what fruit. it is. Okay. <laughs> orange punch with fruit. I am going to post that on Instagram Please on do. HR and cocktails. Yes. So <laughs> visit our Instagram HR and cocktails for our orange punch with fruit. Um, I'll be honest. I'll probably add a little alcohol to mine. Because um, <laughs> does not have alcohol, but that's okay because we welcome cocktails and mocktails at HR and cocktails. That's but right. Kishana, I'd like to thank you very much for participating in this conversation. And I would like to thank our audience for listening to this special conversation. And we look forward to hearing from you um, and um, comment on our Instagram. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us this month on HR and Cocktails. Please make sure to visit our website at www.prescotthr.com where you can subscribe to the show. And while you're at it, if you're interested in learning more about our consulting services, please complete the contact form on the website. And don't forget to tell a friend about Prescott HR, home of unintimidated HR.